It's April 25th. What a joy it is to be with you today as we partake of the bread of life. This is the One Year Bible Tour, and my name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts. I hope that you are ready for further exploration as we read the Word of God together using the One Year Bible format with daily portions in the Old and New Testaments. And as it has become our custom, we will visit the Bible's song and prayer book, the Book of Psalms, and open the treasure chest of wisdom in the Book of Proverbs. I'm happy to serve as kind of a Bible tour guide, pointing out features that you don't want to miss. And of course, as Christians, we are trusting our resident teacher, the Holy Spirit, to lead us into the truth as it is in Christ Jesus. In the first passage that we'll be reading today, we are in the book of Judges, and we are reminded of what happens to a culture if the knowledge of God is not passed on from generation to generation. There's a spiritual decline and moral confusion. The book of Judges charts the cycle of spiritual declension and merciful deliverance in the dark period of Israel's history when people's hearts were dull to God's word and people did what was right in their own eyes. How like the era of moral relativism that we find ourselves in today. It has been said that the one thing we learn from history is that we learn nothing from history. But I believe we can prove that not to be true. If we lay hold of God's word in the present moment and we reflect upon the history of God's people in the past, we can be benefited with the renewal of our minds and become part of the answer instead of part of the problem. We are pilgrims in this world serving as salt and light. So let's go to the April 25th reading from the One Year Bible, the Old Testament Book of Judges, where we'll be reading Judges chapter 4 and 5. Judges chapter 4, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth Hagoyim. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, for he had nine hundred chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for twenty years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, Go gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking ten thousand from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun, and I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon, with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand? Barak said to her, If you will go with me, I will go, but if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called out Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and ten thousand men went up at his heels, and Deborah went up with him. Now Haber the Kenite had separated from the Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had pitched his tent as far away as the oak of Za'ananim, which is near Kadesh. When Sisera was told that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, 
Sisera called out all his chariots, nine hundred chariots of iron, and all the men who were with him, from Harasheth Hagoyim to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not the Lord go out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with ten thousand men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army before Barak by the edge of the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot. And Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Harasheth Hagoyim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. But Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not be afraid. So he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, Is anyone here? Say, No. But Jael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. Then she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground while he was lying fast asleep from weariness. So he died. And behold, as Barak was pursuing Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there lay Sisera dead with the tent peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the people of Israel. And the hand of the people of Israel pressed harder and harder against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. Chapter 5 The Song of Deborah and Barak Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, on that day, that the leaders took the lead in Israel, that the people offered themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, Give ear, O princes, to the Lord I will sing. I will make melody to the Lord, the God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped. Yes, the clouds dropped water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, even Sinai before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned and travelers kept to the byways. The villagers ceased in Israel. They ceased to be until I arose. I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. When new gods were chosen, then war was in the gates. Was shield or spear to be seen among the forty thousand in Israel? My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel, who offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless the Lord. Tell of it, you who ride on white donkeys, you who sit on rich carpets, and you who walk by the way, to the sound of musicians at the watering places. There they repeat the righteous triumphs of the Lord, the righteous triumphs of his villagers in Israel. Then down to the gates march the people of the Lord. Awake, awake, Deborah! Awake, awake, break out in song! Arise, Barak! Lead away your captives, O son of Abinoam! Then down march the remnant of the noble, the people of the Lord marched down for me against the mighty. From Ephraim, their route, they marched down into the valley. 
following you, Benjamin, with your kinsmen. From Machir, march down the commanders, and from Zebulun, those who bear the lieutenant's staff. The princes of Issachar came with Deborah, and Issachar, faithful to Barak, into the valley they rushed at his heels. Among the clans of Reuben there were great searchings of heart. Why did you sit still among the sheepfolds to hear the whistling for the flocks? Among the clans of Reuben there were great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan, and Dan, why did he stay with the ships? Asher sat still at the coast of the sea, staying by his landings. Zebulun is a people who risk their lives to the death. Naphtali, too, on the heights of the field. The kings came, they fought, then fought the kings of Canaan, at Taanach, by the waters of Megiddo. They got no spoils of silver. From heaven the stars fought, from their courses they fought against Sisera. The torrent Kishon swept them away, the ancient torrent, the torrent Kishon. March on, my soul, with might. Then loud beat the horse's hoofs with the galloping, galloping of his steeds. Curse Morose, says the angel of the Lord, curse its inhabitants thoroughly, because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, of tent-dwelling women most blessed. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. She brought him curds in a noble's bowl. She sent her hand to the tent peg, and her right hand to the workman's mallet. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head, she shattered and pierced his temple. Between her feet he sank, he fell, he lay still. Between her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell, dead. Out of the window she peered, the mother of Sisera wailed through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the hoofbeats of his chariots? Her wisest princesses answer, indeed, she answers herself. Have they not found and divided the spoil? A womb or two for every man? Spoil of dyed materials for Sisera? Spoil of dyed materials embroidered? Two pieces of dyed work embroidered for the neck as spoil? So may all your enemies perish, O Lord. But your friends be like the sun as he rises in his might. And the land had rest for forty years. And this is the end of our reading from the Old Testament, the book of Judges. Yesterday we read about the first two cycles of deliverance, with God raising up Othniel and Ehud. Now we read about Deborah. The cycle of deliverance is repeated. There is a period of declension, defeat, and enemy domination, and then there is deliverance. The sons of Israel once again turn away from the Lord and do what is evil in His sight. As a result, the Lord sells them into oppressive domination of Jabin, king of Canaan. His commander was Sisera. The enemy's army had 900 iron chariots. They oppressed Israel for 20 years. The people of Israel cry out to the Lord for deliverance in verse 3. Deborah is judging Israel at this time, and she challenges Barak to obey the Lord and take 10,000 men to Mount Tabor, where the Lord promised to draw out Sisera and give him into his hand. But Barak balks at this, refusing to go unless Deborah goes with him. She agrees to go, but prophesies that the honor would not be his, but that of a woman. The Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. God's plan is to use both men and women in His purposes. Both are gifted with leadership. However, 
God's pattern is to express His image as male-female partnership with male headship in the church and in the home. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3 to 16, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 24, Deborah and Barak, with 10,000 men, are able to rout out the army of Sisera. The Canaanite commander, Sisera, escapes on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Jael invites Sisera to stay the night and then kills him with a tent peg while he is sleeping. Later, as Barak is seeking to destroy Sisera, he comes to Jael, who shows him that the enemy he seeks to capture has already been killed by a woman, herself, according to the prophecy of Deborah. In chapter 5, Deborah and Barak sing of the victory that God gave his people. In chapter 5, verses 1 to 31, they rejoice that God's people rallied to the cause. As a local pastor, I often think of these lines from Deborah's song. They reflect my appreciation for the volunteers in the work of the church. My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel, the volunteers among the people. They offered themselves willingly. Bless the Lord. Judges chapter 5, verse 9. How wonderful it is when all of God's people are spiritually exercised and in the battle, that the leaders led in Israel, that the people volunteered. Bless the Lord. Judges chapter 5, verse 2. It is a beautiful thing when each one willingly functions in their spiritual gift, when leaders lead, teachers teach, administrators administrate, and helpers help. We have instructive words in verse 23 of the song. Curse morose, said the angel of the Lord, utterly curse its inhabitants, because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against his warriors. Judges chapter 5 verse 23. There are situations and hours in which neutrality becomes criminal. Jesus said if you don't gather with him, you scatter. Not too long ago, during the communist rule of the Soviet Union, one orthodox priest wrote a letter. Quote, we are at the front, in the front line, and this front line is all around us because the enemy has surrounded us on all sides. We are surrounded by the press, art, theater, schools, official institutions, Everything is occupied by the godless. The laws are designed to suffocate religion. We have been at the front line for a long time. Many of us have been taken prisoner. One might say that the whole front has been captured. Anyone who can hear us, respond. Do not believe those who are trying to dismiss the danger. The aim of the enemy is to destroy us. He has not other aims. But having destroyed us, he will destroy you as well. End quote. Do we give in to a culture where all do what is right in their own eyes? Do we condone spiritual compromise and idolatry in our own hearts? Do we stand with the Lord against the enemy? Or are we complacent, like morose? In Judges chapter 5, verse 13. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, we are reminded, Put on the full armor of God, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Due to Deborah's leadership and Jael's bravery, Sisera was defeated and the land was in undisturbed peace for forty years. Now let's go to the New Testament reading for today in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 22, Verses 35 through 53. Scripture must be fulfilled in Jesus. Luke 22, verse 35. And he said to them, When I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, 
Did you lack anything? They said, Nothing. He said to them, But now, let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack, and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one, for I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And I was numbered with the transgressors, for what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, Look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, It is enough. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray, that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness." And this is the end of our reading from the New Testament, the Gospel according to Luke. The Last Supper is over. Now there is a swift turn of events. There will be betrayal. There will be swords. And Jesus lets his disciples know that the prophecy of the suffering servant in Isaiah 53 refers to himself. He says, For I tell you that this which is written must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with transgressors. For that which refers to me has its fulfillment. Luke 22, verse 37. Jesus and the eleven leave the upper room and make their way to the Garden of Gethsemane at the base of the Mount of Olives. It was his custom to pray there and on the mountain itself. Jesus repeats his warning to his disciples twice, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Luke 22, verses 40 and 46. Assaulted by thoughts, feelings, temptations, and demonic oppression beyond our comprehension, Jesus agonized in persistent prayer. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. Luke 22, verse 44. His prayer on our behalf was one of absolute surrender, not my will, but thine be done. We know that this prayer was answered supernaturally. Luke records that an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him, in verse 43. Jesus was not thwarted from his mission. He remained obedient to the point of death as our spotless Lamb of God, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. While Jesus labored in fervent prayer, his disciples were sleeping from sorrow. 
their emotions affected their spiritual and physical condition. As Jesus is betrayed with Judas's kiss and surrounded by the temple guard, the disciples expect orders to fight. Peter acts impulsively and cuts off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus exclaimed, No more of this, in verse 51. And then he heals Malchus's ear, in John chapter 18, verse 10. Warren Wearsby notes that, quote, Peter had been sleeping when he should have been praying, talking when he should have been listening, and boasting when he should have been fearing. Now he was fighting when he should have been surrendering. He was fighting the wrong enemy with the wrong weapon. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is what we need when we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against the cosmic powers that rule over this present darkness. End quote. Jesus said these scathing words to those who came to capture him as if he were a dangerous revolutionary. This is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. Luke 22, verse 53. We can be thankful for the promise that Christ will overcome the world, that though the world has its moment in which the power of darkness reigns, it is just for a moment, and joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30, verse 5. Now let's read from the book of Psalms. We go today to Psalm 94, verses 1 through 23. The Lord will not forsake his people. Psalm 94. O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Repay to the proud what they deserve. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words, all their evildoers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner, and murder the fatherless. And they say, The Lord does not see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of the people, fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord, knows the thoughts of man, that they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law, to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people, he will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evil doers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can wicked rulers be allied with you, those who frame injustice by statute? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my God the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord our God will wipe them out. And this is the end of our reading from the 94th Psalm. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. The psalmist understands this. We may think that God does not understand our plight or hear our prayer. We are the ones who are senseless when we think such things. For the Lord will not abandon his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. Yet this psalm is one that cries for vengeance. It is generally accepted that this psalm was written in the days after the Babylonian exile when the remnant of Israel had returned to the promised land. 
There were plenty of foes during the time of resettling the land and rebuilding the temple. Some of them are named in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, but we don't know for sure which enemies are spoken of here. In the second temple, we are told that this psalm was sung every Wednesday, right in the middle of the week. May it remind us to cry to the Lord to deal with our troubles while we are in the midst of them. Now let's go to today's proverb. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 3 and 4. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. There are times that things get messy in the ox stall. There is the hassle and expense of maintenance. You have to put up with the stench and straighten out the stall. But having the ox is worth it. We might think of the ox as the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes, things can get messy when God is at work among us, but it is worth it. God's work cannot be accomplished without Him. So this proverb causes us to ask the question, Do you prefer your own view of tidiness? over God's call to be productive in the harvest? Now let's pray. Lord, may we never become indifferent or just sit on the fence when you call us to participation with yourself and your purposes. Even now we pray, saying, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You are teaching us and training us for spiritual battle. Help us to discern the enemy's tactics, to resist the devil, flee temptation, and engage with your commandments with ready obedience. We want to cooperate with your kingdom works today. In Jesus' name, Amen. It is a great joy to be able to read the scriptures together and to do life together with our brothers and sisters in our local assemblies. I trust that wherever you are on the planet, that you are growing strong in the grace of the Lord and that you are being enriched with this time of reading and reflecting upon God's holy word. May this podcast be an encouragement to you and may it be an encouragement to others you might want to bring along to share in this wonderful adventure of growing in the grace and the knowledge of our living Savior. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us by email by writing at podcast at newlife.org or you can go to our website, newlife.org on the internet and uh, learn more about New Life Community Church and its ministries. God bless you and I hope to see you tomorrow. Shalom.